Well, this has been a long time coming. I, I know the U.S. intelligence community and the military have been trying to get to Ayman al-Zawahiri for a very long time. Uh, all the way back from the 1990s, really, this guy was a major target for the United States, predating uh, the 2001 attacks on the U.S. even. So he, he's been a tough guy to track. Uh, there have been multiple sightings, multiple operations to try to get him. And then finally, uh, it was just sloppiness, really, and kind of overconfidence on the part of Ayman al-Zawahiri and his Taliban helpers in that they said, okay, well, you can come and live in the, in the middle of Kabul. And you, if you go into a major city like that where we have intelligence assets, people on the ground who are still working for us, we probably um, have a pretty robust intelligence network, found that out, reported it. Uh, he stayed put in the same place. He didn't move around. Uh, thinking that he was safe, and that was the thing that did him in, because that gave us the ability to, to plan an operation to target him. And with the, the drone technology that we have now, uh, with drones being able to loiter uh, for a very long time in the air, remain fairly undetected, uh, target with amazing accuracy, and then the weapons that we've developed now for drone strikes they're extremely precise and have the ability to take out a target with very, very little collateral damage. Um, yeah, he, he was basically feeling like he was untouchable, but, yeah, he played his cards very badly thinking that, considering still how important of a target he was for the United States. Carl, you touched on a couple of things I wanted to bring out, so I'll let you expand a little bit. One is the technology of these drone strikes and weapons that we have to the assets that we have around the world still on the work, and then the the United States staying to their goal of wanting to get him eliminated all came together in this. And as you mentioned, it was months and months of planning. He goes into Kabul, and then he ends up going out on the balcony, and they noticed that each time he went on the balcony, it was right around the same time, which made it easier for the drone strike. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the fact that he went out on the balcony, he was viewable from there, that he did it as a, a, a consistent pattern, this is just bad what we call operational security. For, for a person like that who so wanted uh, to do that, it shows that he's either grown sloppy uh, over the years or he. I think what's much more likely that he just felt that he was going to be untouchable now that the Taliban control Afghanistan. And that was just a very, very bad assumption on his part. Uh, lucky for us. Um, if you think about how bin Laden was so much more careful with his operational security, how he moved, how he, more accurately, how he didn't move, how he hid himself. And here's uh, Ayman al-Zawahiri in, in a very... Uh, highly populated area. Lots of people could see him. Lots of people could know he was there uh, in, in a major uh, area of, of Kabul where you've got lots of rich people uh, who probably have ties, a lot of them, to the United States. He was in a, in a very upscale neighborhood. So, yeah, he was just extremely confident that he wasn't going to be touched. 
So one of the things that I touch on about the technology of the strike is that it's very likely that the weapon that was used is an inert weapon. So it was a weapon that actually had no explosive in it. Uh, and it, it kills by the force of the, the warhead hitting the person. It's like a giant punch. And some of these uh, weapons actually have blades. And so they, they do the damage to the person without you know, blowing up the house or blowing up the car. Uh, and, you know, people who aren't even in the same room with this person wouldn't necessarily be hurt by this. And so that was a big part of this operation, to limit the collateral damage uh, so that, you know, that, that this doesn't turn into an international scene where you've got family members killed or that kind of thing. Uh, you know, the goal was to take him out and not hurt other people. With us is Dr. Carl Kalpenhaler with the University of Akron, again, Director of the Center for Intelligence and Security Studies. Carl, what does this do to the terror groups, Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and such, this type of strike taking this person out? Well, it's, it, one, sends a very clear message that the United States is not giving up on Afghanistan in the sense that, uh, you know, you can move there, you can you can plot there, you can train there, and you're certainly not untouchable. And I think that's a really important signal because I think the Taliban, I I read into what we just saw with Al-Zawahiri so openly living in Kabul like that, I take that as they're very confident the United States is done with Afghanistan, and and we're not. We We have more limited options than we did when we had troops on the ground there, but we still very much have capabilities to reach out and to take out targets that are dangerous to the United States. And the unfortunate truth is that there are more al-Qaeda now in Afghanistan than there were when we left. Uh, they've come, they've congregated in, in Afghanistan to train, to plot against the United States. We know this. Uh, there's been a U UN report that's that said this. So this is out in the open. We know it's a threat. We can't take the threat lightly. So the groups that, that go there, it's not just al-Qaeda. There are other terror groups there. And the Taliban themselves, they they now have, have very clearly been put on notice that they are not untouchable, that they can't simply either harbor terror groups in the case of the Taliban or plot against the United States uh, in the case of al-Qaeda or other groups.